Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. Randy, I'm eager to get into our discussion today. I want to talk about something, and I want your input into it as we share this idea, on what I would call reverse ageism discrimination. Uh, What I mean by this, uh, ageism, uh, ageism discrimination is a discrimination against aging people, but somehow I think we turn this in on ourselves and though our culture uh, doesn't value aging people, thus ageism and discrimination against aging people, uh, we don't help ourselves because we believe that somewhat. So that's what I'd like to talk about, how we believe what our own culture believes about ourselves. You know, the culture doesn't value us as much as we think they should and as much as they should, but we don't help ourselves either. Does that make sense? I want to talk about that today. Good morning, Hal. Yes, it does. It's. Uh, I think we're going to have a good topic on this one. Honestly, we have a lot to. Both of us have a lot to say about it. Yeah. Well, let me jump in. I'm reading a new book right now called "Breaking the Age Code" by Becca Levy, uh, and she's addressing how we as aging people. Uh, don't value ourselves and how we can value ourselves more. As she begins with a compare com, uh, comparison with Japan, you know they celebrate what is called Kiro no Hi, respect for the aged day. Uh, but she says obviously they do that every year, and the Eastern cultures, the Asian cultures, value aging people in their own culture more than we do. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. But she uses that as a comparison to our culture. And she says uh, this in terms of our culture. It's everywhere. The billboards for age-defined skin treatments, the late-night ads for local plastic surgeons going on and on about wrinkles like they were generals describing hostile enemy forces. The the infantilizing greetings older people endured in restaurants and movie theaters. Everywhere we look, TV shows, fairy tales, online, old age was treated as though it meant forgetfulness, weakness, and decline. Randy, you and I were discussing that on movies and Chevy Chase on his Christmas movies. Uh, remind me of what you were saying about that. Just that it's uh, treated in a very humorous vein, but also very, uh, I think, somewhat uh, critical vein of the senior family members coming to visit for Christmas and, uh, uh-oh, they're here kind of thing. And then uh, hilarity ensues, if you will. Uh, it, it It's one of those that uh, I think just fits into the culture, how that we have in our country the last 50 years uh, that movies have used over and over again uh, about aging and ageism and aging people. Uh, the, they're, it's not that they are treated as evil. It's not that they're treated as uh, some kind of monster, but they are treated as 
kind of the doddering, uh, uh-oh, uh, they're so old and out of it that we don't know how to deal with them. Uh, we just have to kind of treat them uh, in a certain way, different from the way we, we would treat a human being, you know, that kind of thinking. And I think that shows up in lots of movies and in some of them is treated with a very comical vein to it. Uh, Becky Levy in her book uh, gives us a simple exercise. You may try it uh, on your own family members or wherever you are as you listen to this. She asks the question and says, don't think too hard about this, but what are the first five words that come to you when you think about older people? I tried this out on my daughter when we were out there, and one of her words was slow. Uh, and she didn't mean it in a diminishing way. It's just, you know, she's well, you're, you're slower, Dad. You, you know, you take time, and it can be a plus or a negative. But, you know, most people will respond with some negative uh, answers when you give that, and that illustrates uh, the, the culture we live in. Uh, Randy, just decide, just to delve into this one more, you know, we spent a podcast uh, some time ago talking about the vault mentality where people keep what God wants to do in them, inside themselves, and it doesn't come out. They're locked up in a vault. Amplify that just for a tad, and then we'll go on further. Um, <clears throat> well, Al, Al, it was actually our second podcast. Can you believe that? Uh, December 11th, 2020. And uh, it was uh, titled Locked in the Senior Treasure Vault. And it was something I'd written that uh, you and I went through in a summary fashion uh, fairly quickly. But the point of the thing you're talking about is that my view of the vault is that it was put together in a concept of only in concept form, of course, but put together as a way of us dealing with senior and elderly people. Okay. And what I mean by that is ways for families to deal with, with aging people, ways for churches to deal with aging people, uh, the way for the general culture to deal with aging people, which is because they are slower because they are more deliberate, because they are more time-consuming, because they are more, uh, they have more difficult times understanding uh, the latest in technology. Uh, <clears throat> we we love them, but we we want them to stay out of the way, so to speak. Please get please move over there and sit over there, and stay out of our way. Uh, and you'll be fine. So what happens then, Hal, is after a period of time when we get used to that, when we get into that mode in our own minds, when we get treated that way over and over and over again, we begin to, to buy that message as senior people. We, begin to, we, we, we buy into it. And so we say to ourselves, you know what? Uh, I do need to stay out of the way, and I do need to not try to do this latest technology thing with my phone because I don't know what I'm doing. I do need to, I, I you know, I just need to uh, avoid 
being in the middle of fast moving stuff and, uh, and just sit on the sidelines and watch. Uh, and that's kind of what the vault is, how it's a mental thing that we put ourselves in kind of just, I guess you'd say we see ourselves past our prime, past relevance, past able ability to make any kind of difference. And therefore, the best role for me is uh, a uh, witness, a fa- uh, you know, a, uh, a person just observing from the sidelines, you know, an audience member. And as long as I'm there and nobody asks me to do anything, I'm good. And that's my vault. There's nothing. So people don't put a parent, a grandparent, a uh, uncle or aunt, anybody else in that vault um, for negative purposes. They're doing it because they want, they do love them and they do want them to succeed in their, in whatever state they feel they're in, which is a diminished one, but they do not want them to be in the mainstream. And we as seniors feel that. I don't think we should be running things either, by the way, Hal. I don't think you do either. We shouldn't, we, we have had our opportunities to run things, but we shouldn't be on the sidelines either doing nothing. That's the point that I think is relevant to our discussion today. There's room in there for a lot more active participation in things than we give ourselves credit for. I think that that you're you're exactly right. Howard Hendricks was the one who I heard expound this theory years ago in 1999 in his lectureship on aging at Dallas Seminary. He said, the, the, the value of older people lo- lies often unlocked or locked up in aging years because we are not valued and we see ourselves not as valued. Therefore, we don't contribute. Uh, let, let me put a positive twist on this. What's our answer to this? Uh, I, I, my answer is as a Christian, as a churchman, because I think the church is part of the problem as well. Uh, the church doesn't value aging people. I go to Acts 2, verse 17, where Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and he said, your, your old men will dream dreams. And I ask pastors everywhere, where is it that your older people are dreaming dreams for the kingdom of God and what they have to offer? And often they're, they're non-existent. The older people are, are just there for the ride or there for the giving support because uh, that's where half of the church's uh, money comes from aging people. Uh, so the church doesn't value us. They don't value our music. You know, and we get distant. So we believe that. So the answer is this. You know, the church needs to address a biblical value of people. And that's where we go to the scriptures. Uh, We go to Ephesians 2.10, for we as aging people are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works as aging people, which God has ordained beforehand, that we should walk in them. So each person, regardless of their age and as they grow, they have 
inestimable value invested in them through their experiences, through their gifts, through their resources by God for their contributions as grandparents, as great-grandparents, and all that we have. So we resist, I think of Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world in its view, in its cultural view of how movies caricature aging people. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to all the discussion, whether it's uh, in media or whether it's in conversation or whether it's in companies who insist that you retire at 65 and you can't do anything anymore, at least not in this company. You know, uh, those kinds of cultural issues are met head on by the scriptures who show it, the value of aging people, both in its teaching and in the personification. I love to point out the Gospel of John, written by the Apostle John, uh, close to it in his 80s. He wrote the book of Revelation in his early 90s. First, second, and third, John, the same way. I mean, the scriptures value the contributions of aging people. So that's a foundation for beginning to think differently about ourselves and resisting our culture. Yeah, I, I love that 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 um, drum that you beat pretty 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 consistently in your discussions with every group you come through, and it's pretty powerful, I think. And that is that if you just look at the biblical characters who have who have uh, made such a strong contribution and made such a difference to all of us you know when did they do that yeah of course jesus was younger but i'm just saying that the people who became followers and the people in um the Bible who said we are going to have a savior all knew that they were making a difference at a very senior age or that they saw as an opportunity for them to make a difference. They didn't dismiss themselves as irrelevant, did they? No, they, they didn't. didn't. They didn't back off. They didn't say, you know what? I need to shut up. I need to go sit down. I need to sit here and just read the newspaper or whatever. <laughs> whatever i need to i they they said something different to themselves which is i think i do have an important message an important contribution that i can make and i'm going to do it you know i i just think of some examples and here we need to encourage each other but let me get them an example and then another comment and take it a different direction you know people like j.i packer who influenced our Christian community well into his 90s when he uh, died. I think he died at 94, 93, somewhere there. You know, he never stopped contributing. He was teaching up through the last year. He was writing, even uh, though he had eyesight issues, he was writing up to the last year. He refused to believe the culture which said, you know, as you age, you got less and less to offer. You know, and you could go down through uh, Rob Reiner, who died recently, I think, I mean, was producing movies well into his 90s. I mean, they're, they're just examples of people everywhere across our culture. There are major exceptions. And what? why is that? 
I mean, that's because those people refuse to believe that they're finished. They got nothing to offer. And so my contention is that we don't, we ourselves need to resist the belief that our culture says you have less to offer. So wherever it is. Now, I want to go into a different angle on this. Uh, one of the things that I think is really critical is an- asking the question, who are you listening to? Peer friends. What kind of group do you listen to about the value of your own life? Now, if you live a world of isolation and it's just yourself and you're listening to your own noise inside your head, in a sense, your value will be diminished because you don't have anybody encouraging you. And Randy, you have this group that you meet with on Saturdays that I'd love for you to comment on, but even the value of having friends as we age. Uh, who friends who see us full of potential for what God has for us, what we can still do. So if we have a peer group of friends in our church, in our small group or whatever, who are sending the message, Randy, you are valuable. You have a lot to contribute. And if you listen to those kinds of messages, you'll be more productive in a sense, and you will resist the ageism discrimination against older people. Does that make sense? Well, I, I, I will just uh, say in passing how I didn't intend to really get into that group, but I will just say that it's been a, 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 one of the biggest blessings for each of us guys in that group to have been able to meet, as we do every week for, for 10 years. Uh, is the group is diminished. It's, it's shrunk. Uh, a couple of members have passed away, uh, but it's a group of guys who really enjoy just talking about uh relative things to our age group of course but also talking about things that are uh happening to us and around us and how technology affects us for example the struggles we have with different elements anyway it's um it's been fun it's just been a real blessing and the guys who have been in it and uh have had to leave it to move to other places uh, to be with family members and that sort of thing, uh, still think fondly of their time with the group. And anytime they're back, they want to be a part of it. Uh, it's called the Social Security Strike Force. And uh, we've enjoyed meeting uh, on Saturday mornings. And I would say from, <clears throat> from our experience, Hal, that it is it could be and it would be a blessing to each and every listener out there if, if somehow or other you are able to invite a good friend, a neighbor, uh, a church member uh, that you uh, simply feel comfortable with and, and uh, want to get to know better, to do that, to have a regular setup, meeting over coffee, breakfast, lunch, whatever works for you, and uh, keep it try to keep it going. It can be extremely meaningful to you to have those kinds of friends in your life as you as you grow older. Uh, I, I can't agree with you more, Randy. Uh, let me ask you to share one more thing. Uh, you attend a church that is filled with, let me say, more aging people than younger people, you might say. And th- that church has a sense of mission for its members. And 
there, there is this voice of encouraging older people to catch a sense of wonder and value for what they can bring to the church and their communities. Uh, would you comment just from your own perspective about the impact that uh, Finishing Well Ministries has had in your church in that sense of helping to raise up a group of people who have a fresh vision for their aging years? Finishing Well Ministries has a really good message uh, for anybody, but it, it just, uh, I think it hit the bullseye, Hal, with my my church. And uh, it was just extremely, the message is extremely well received and well accepted. And people there want to know how they can, they can improve their impact, if you want to call it that. That could be one way of looking at it, but also just to be more involved with um, the idea of reaching out and uh, gaining new friends, making new building relationships, and making a difference. And they have bought into that message extremely well. So there is, if you want to, if you want to call it that, how after you spent time with us and after we have talked with each other over and over again about <clears throat> what it means to finish well, uh, we have groups of people, small group of people, even now, still meeting, wanting to talk about that topic and wanting to uh, keep visiting with each other about it and keep using it. And we have a staff and a group of pastors there who want to, if you want to encourage that group and want to encourage it to continue in the body uh, as we go on in years coming. So it's a, it's, it's a big message for the church and they want to do what the church can and they do it regularly to encourage seniors to encourage aging people to be be uh, encouraging one another, if I can put it that way. In other words, the message is God isn't done with us. God has a plan for us, and we want to try to do our best to explore and live out that plan to the best of our ability. And that's what each of us is trying to do there and helping one another do it. Well, Randy, that's a great way to wrap up uh, this session and these ideas. We're here to resist a negative culture. I mean, it's the spirit of God working in us to be his people in the world, using our values, using our gifts and everything he has given to us and trusted to us in all the years we have. So, uh, you know, you're listening to this, and I hope uh, these thoughts will give you some ideas about how you could do this in your church, how you could do it in your network, how you could do it in your small group, and your vision for your own personal value that God has built and given to you to make an impact in this world for the for the kingdom. Uh, so I hope you'll uh, accept this invitation to keep growing in your aging years, keep using your gifts. Uh, I go back to Browning, the best may yet yet to be to come. 
and we don't know how God's going to use us. So I encourage you to think about this, pray about the options. If we can help you at Finishing Well Ministries, we'd love to. You could write us, uh, Hal at finishingwellministries.org. You could listen to any of our podcasts. Uh, you could access the videos we have on the six essentials. And we're here to encourage you through the work that God is doing in and through our hearts uh, for you to do the same in your life and to create a movement amongst the aging people in our culture in the church to make a difference for Christ through all of our years. So may God bless you and thanks for joining us and have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.